Hello and welcome to our Africa Travel Week Connect Unlock Africa podcast, where we bring the news, views, tips and tricks from tourism experts and personalities, sometimes simply sharing a window on their world and Africa's tourism sector. Today we're speaking to Kojo Bentham-Williams, Senior Expert on Communications in Africa at World Tourism Organization. We chat to him about what he is seeing on the tourism front, how the industry has changed over the last year and the trends expected for 2022 and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Maybe we can start by you telling us just a little bit about you and your key role um, that you play in Africa's tourism industry. Okay, thank you, Olivia. So uh, for me, yes, my name is Kojo Benton Williams, and uh, I, you know, I'm a senior expert of communications in Africa at the World Tourism Organization uh, based in Madrid. And also uh, I run Voyage Africa, and we've been writing about tourism and being engaging with uh, you know, players in the sector, both uh, public and private. So in the last few months uh, since, uh, I mean, the last few, uh, 24 months, we've been on the road speaking to uh, industry players and at the same time participating in what is was supposed to be uh, you know um, a restart so we engage with the travel trade with leisure and then uh, we are able to understand uh, what are the oppression needs and as we all know with respect to this uh, uh, in a particular situation we are all trying to to you know to get things uh, rolling and it's i mean one is happy to see that countries like the uk now uh, right now what's coming from france is, is the fact that in the coming weeks they will also announce a new uh you know revised update r- with respect to traveling so mm. in the national year uh you know i'm in the travel trade in and okay in tourism in africa and uh, i've been engaging you know, as a media person to to tell the story uh, of uh, Africa and also help in the narrative, uh, the changing of the narrative uh, of the continent with respect to uh, uh, tourism before the pandemic and, and even now. I think so you're definitely a perfect person to be speaking to us about trends because you're certainly in it and your feet are in the water and you understand what's happened and what's happening and what you sort of thinking will happen. Um, I'd like to really touch a little bit on the trends that we're expecting going forward. If you don't mind, I'd really like to start with culinary tourism. Um, what makes Africa's culinary scene so unique in your opinion? I mean, my opinion, yeah. Is 54 countries, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, even in one country, you have about, what, 100 or 200 ethnic uh, groups. Uh, you know, if you take the case of uh, Nigeria, you know, if you look at Ghana, Ethiopia, South Africa itself. So you look at it from a point of view that it's so diverse, okay? It's very authentic. And it's something that is also healthy. Mm-hmm. So in all aspects that you look at it from it's i mean one thing obviously you can take it out it's very spicy you know as well so you realize that africa offers something different something unique something uh probably want to use uh exciting but over and above very healthy so you realize that if you start from sub-saharan africa you go to africa and we look at you know southern africa all of that you realize that we give uh you know uh different options, different tastes. And even the culture, 
that goes with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what you can start from, from what Africa has to offer. Now, if you go uh, further, you realize that food and what I've come to learn from, uh, you know, uh, culinary and gastronomy is the fact that is 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 more than just food okay the culture aspect of it even uh you know sometimes for want for a better word what you like to say the rituals that goes with it okay uh, a typical example of having an ethiopian coffee you know mm-hmm. how that is done and you 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 know you experience all the things that comes with it. So if I'm to take uh, African, you know, gastronomy, you realize that it is not just your one thing that it can predict, mm-hmm. but you realize that it gives different taste, you know. Um, a different experience entirely because different it's different depending on the different cultures. Yeah. The cultures that goes with it. And yeah. what it means. Even sometimes you probably have things like, uh, you know, you have mainly the same thing in Southern Africa and West Africa, but how it is consumed is quite different, you know, and that's also, it's, it's, it's uh, also part of it. Now, if it, if you may allow for me to add to, to, to this conversation, uh, in 2020, no, 2021, uh, the UNWTO had launched the tour of African gastronomy and it was a major step in trying to formalize, or if you like, bring to the fore African uh, gastronomy. And what that, uh, you know, did was that, you know, there was a wave of interest that had, had, had been developed across the board with respect to African food and people had to understand because the, 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 the challenge with the African gastronomy is the fact that yes, it's 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 very tasty. You know, it has something uh, unique. But if you travel outside of Africa, more often than not, you don't see it on the menus. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a need to have a push respect to uh, putting it out there and documenting some of the things that it's already out there. But except to 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 mention that people ought to be exposed to it or have access to some of the things. So we had this uh, tour of African gastronomy that featured uh, 40 African chefs. Mm-hmm. And wow. what essentially, you know, it did, I'll, I'll share a copy with you, mm-hmm. is the fact that, you know, it, it, it picked, you know, the, 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 the most popular, you know, uh, dish, its recipes and how it's prepared and a bit of uh, gastronomy in those countries. Now, after that, we've received interest, a lot of interest and countries have taken the lead in you because imagine traveling and not having food. All right. We don't usually think about this, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's, it's something that uh, you cannot do without, but it's because we've not looking, we've not looked at the business uh, part of it. So that's a particular publication did a lot of uh, good to our gastronomy sector. And then <clears throat> we had the African session specifically in Belgium, where we had the World Gastronomy Forum, and we had two African chefs talking about their experiences and how we as Africans even have to be proud of what we have. Mm-hmm. So, if this 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 is just a, a brief of what I can say about African uh, gastronomy. I don't know if um, I answered your question. No, absolutely. And I think um, I was just thinking while you're speaking that both of us are from the continent, and it 
brings so much pride to be able to sort of show the world what we can do. And like you said, the world doesn't really know um, those, all those, how much goes into Africa. And there's so many different cultures and so many different flavors. Um, and yeah, the importance of sort of exposing the world to it before they even get onto the continent, I suppose, is so important. What potential do you feel that um, the culinary tourism has in order to uplift the industry on the, you know, industry on the continent? I understand um, sort of the importance of pushing it out and and sort of in educating the world. But do you truly believe that this has a huge drive in in terms of growing our tourism industry as a whole? No, I mean, it has. I mean, that's why I said earlier that uh, the main aim was to be able to, you know, bring us to the fore so that uh, in destinations and the countries and member states could mm-hmm. take it up, you know, and then shed more light on what they have because, yeah. I mean, they have more than one or 200, 200, you know, sometimes, you know, because of uh, what they are mm, cultural formations are, they have different types of uh, dishes or menus. Now, the idea is the fact that, look, if you look at food, no one can travel without having, you know, I mean, without eating or, I mean, you can't take <laughs> your, 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 your food to a trip, even if you are a, a backpacker, okay, yes, it yeah, gets yeah. to a point that you have okay. to spend. <laughs> so the idea is that, the destinations or the national tourism board and agencies ought to be able to sit down with uh, people in the culinary or the gastronomy uh, uh, sectors Mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, align themselves together to understand that it's part, look, food or our gastronomy is part of our culture. That's part of it, right? So if you are to promote our tourism, you can't, tourism is an end uh, product, right? You have the food, you have the, the lifestyle, you have the uh, the heritage, all forms part of tourism. Mm-hmm. So our our uh, uh, what we are in, you know, beginning to see is the fact that they are now speaking amongst themselves and looking at the need for them to even take it higher mm-hmm. and 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 you know develop narratives around it. Because yeah. if you don't have those assets, you don't have those information, yeah. people can't, because we are now living in the information world. Yeah. So if I'm to travel to, 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 to Cape Town, where I know that, you know, fine dining, it's, it, it's a big business and all of that, we are not just promoting it, but we are expanding, you know, businesses for our local people. Yes, absolutely. Right. And people are, you know, beginning to understand that, look, when we went to lockdown, you saw the rise in authentic uh, travel niche things. So in that same, you know, particular order, African food, like I said, is very healthy. And if the destination can take a cue from what has been launched, we can now, uh, you know, be seeing special publications on, you know, a country's food, the chef, the food parents, because you go somewhere, okay, it's not written that, Okay, I mean, you can have, say, this drink with this uh, food or this rum, you know, with this. But because it's not formalized, all right, people go there and you just have to ask. But if we begin to speak, uh, I mean, uh, if I say we speak amongst ourselves, I mean, the tourism people, gastronomy, and all the others within the ecosystem, we're able to present a front that Mm -hmm. ensure that the traveler 
is well informed and he has more options. So <laughs> I believe that it has a lot of potential. And once uh, you know destinations are seeing that we are moving into an you know, experiential based tourism post COVID. Right. Yeah, so yeah. all is part of it. And I believe that, um, uh, you know, destination ought to look at it and look at its ability to employ people, people who have lost their jobs, but mm-hmm. also to promote our culture. All right. And let people understand that, you know, it's not only about, you know, sights, of course, sight and sounds, but yeah. to, to immerse yourself in the destination, you ought to understand what these people do for a living, the food, the music, the dance. And yeah. so that's why I'm uh, I'm thinking that, yes, we want to promote leisure or business, but even if you are doing a business event, there's some way and forms that you can engage people within the culinary for them to taste our foods. We need to travel to, to, to I mean, to Japan, to Europe, to the Americas, to see that you are able to, to you know, to find some yamachoma, or some pop somewhere in Madrid, you know, and all of that. So mm-hmm. I think the potential is that we just have to step up our game and realize that we're moving to a new era. Tourism mm-hmm. won't be the same. And the fact that I'm happy that I've myself, I've learned a lot speaking to the chefs and understanding even how they, they conceive some of the things that they put out there. So uh, it'll be good for all the stakeholders to, to come together and understand the bigger picture of promoting the country, not saying that, yeah, we have the castles, we have, I mean, we have the mountains, you have that, but food is something, it's inevitable. Yeah. Just yeah. think about it. The fact that so you true. go somewhere, mm. you want to drink, you, you want eat. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. So I, I, I believe that the potential is that what we have to do is to be able to, you know, uh, 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 bring all the actors you know, together and move as one so that yeah. we're able to ensure that we're creating employment, we're bringing our culture to the world and it shouldn't even think we look about culture, but just dance and art, etc. Our food and the way we do things are all part of it. I love that. I do think that if we can eventually get to a place where they're choosing to travel to Africa based on wanting that particular yes. so actually the, choices, to have our, yeah. the culture and the culinary <laughs> versus other things yeah it sort of grows that would be awesome what are some of the up-and-coming destinations in africa that you're seeing gain momentum from a tourism perspective you know uh, i think it's very uh difficult question but yeah i'll try to answer uh you know <laughs> impossible ways now uh look we have the destination that are classic tourist destinations, okay? I mean, they're tourism-dependent economies, mm. all right? So they were hit, like we call the, you know, the small island states. Look at the Seychelles Island. You look at, uh, of course, I mean, look at Mauritius, of course, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Look at Kenya, you got Tanzania and all of that. I'm not saying South Africa is just tourism-dependent, but mm. tourism is a big part of, you know, economy, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at uh, who is doing what to start the, the sector, I probably want to mention Seychelles Island because I was there uh, a couple of weeks ago and a lot of, because they were hit so hard, remember when COVID came or, or when COVID hit, the small island states and, 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 and countries that depend so much lost a lot. So for you to, again, to assess and look at how to reopen, you know, uh, they, they, they needed to commit themselves to it. And when we went there, 
we realize that, I mean, the protocols are in place, you know, et cetera. But you can see a sector, even the private sector, working hard to get it going. So typically is how they were investing so much in they are not non-traditional or what do you call second or third uh, class market like Eastern Europe and Russia and all of that. It is beginning to pay off now. All right. So it's open. And for us to say that the country is open, a lot of things now will be taken into consideration. Is how open are you? All right. I mean, your testing regimes. I mean, uh, what do you expect of travelers? Because as I speak to you now, we have a place that you have to present, uh, pre-testing, arrive and test again. It, you know, it doesn't matter whether you are vaccinated or not. Uh, you have to provide insurance. You have to do all of that. So if I put all those together, I can I can say that I want to go with Seychelles. Yes, I know we have to protect our people, mm. but I want to mention the Seychelles Island as one of the places that you can really right now go there. I mean, visit now with, you know, little... Uh, uh, controls. I mean, if I say controls, I mean uh, measures that, uh, yeah. you know, exactly restrictions, yeah. unnecessary restrictions. All right. Because we're so happy for us to see that the United Kingdom, and as I said earlier, France is, uh, has announced that next week they're going to be taking the pre testing requirements off. So, you know, these are things that can help and and can uh, assist us to to choose which country so i'll put i'll take seychelles island uh i would also uh, look at of course south africa because south africa also changed the they revised uh you know the mechanism i mean the the uh travel uh, updates right mm-hmm. and i would also look at namibia namibia is a place that is ready, has proven uh, within the last year that they're prepared, you know, Namibia. A lot of these countries that are sort of developing or growing faster in terms of tourism are, are all linked to COVID. There's no, I mean, we're still so much sort of consumed by this pandemic, <laughs> it seems anyways. Um, no, 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 I mean, you're right. This is not anyway, you are so so right. But what I'm saying is that how we are we are you know considered or you know attracted to being open, you know, can be based on or is based on how uh, accessible and 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 the restrictions that you put in place mm-hmm. can be a draw. I mean, it can be a hit or a miss. Yeah, absolutely. And in that you know space that uh, I believe that the countries that I mentioned earlier are doing well with that because. We've come to understand right now that COVID is going at least going to be with us for a long time. Yeah. And if you if you saw the communicate from the World Health Organization, they are called for the you know uh, 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 upliftment of uh, uh, to 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 take off all the restrictions.